From Las Vegas, in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino. Here now are the two squeaky clean hosts who never drink or gamble, Paul Gallant and Jeremy Branham. Paul Gallant, in for Blankers. We are at Circa in Las Vegas for the Ultimate Contest Weekend. Circa Million, where you can win a million dollars. Quarterly payouts, too. Five against the five games against spread each week, and then the survivor pool that guaranteed eight million dollars up top. You got to get to Circa, play in these contests. Even if you're not playing in these contests, you got to get to Circa. Hang yes. out, it's great. Uh, a couple of others uh, on the most surprising things in sports: Aaron Hernandez. That was pretty surprising. But with benefit of hindsight, not as surprising. I think anyone who played with him at Florida, despite what Swamp Kings might have ignored, would probably not have been that surprised that Aaron did that. Um, had that been covered a little bit more, I don't know, um, at all in Gainesville, that might have been very likely. Yeah, he might have killed a few people in Gainesville, actually. Allegedly, <laughs> as yes, the rumor goes. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Sean Taylor's death is up there. That tragic. Uh, O.J. Simpson, allegedly killing. Simpson being what he was and doing it because everyone was like, what a – I mean, it, I think that's probably the best uh, – ABC slash ESPN documentary is the, the Made in America because there's an interesting – I mean, it gives, like, the entire history of who the guy was and how badly he he did not want to be what his skin color was. That's so weird. He, I think, did not want to have people put pressure on him to be, like, the the a, a champion – for like equity, and honestly, I, I don't, I don't blame someone who all I of mean, a sudden Jordan, becomes famous for not wanting to do that. Because Jordan exactly. gets criticized for that a little bit, exactly. more more the political side than the you know the ethics side, mm-hmm. uh, the ethnic sides. But five six zero eight says Lance Armstrong. Quite honestly, the Lance Armstrong stuff was not that surprising to me. It's like every single cyclist was roiding, like every single one was were doing things. So like yeah. Lance Armstrong being on the juice or whatever was not that surprising. To you me. know what? In a weird way, too, like. I'm, I get it. He cheated, and he seems like this is an absolute liar. Yeah, he does. Best case scenario. But uh, what did the ends not justify the means? It's all that money he raised for cancer. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Look, Lance Armstrong was in the same spot that Barry Bonds was in. Like, mm-hmm. he knew all of these other cyclists were cheating. He felt he was better than all of the cheating cyclists. He knew that there was nothing he could do about it. So what did he do? He just joined all the others that were juicing, and then he became better than them. It's the same thing as Barry Bonds. Now, what – what Lance did that was kind of was very awful. Like was he was lying about it. He was like ruining other people's careers with his lies. Like that's the stuff that I don't like. Lance just, he just had juicing. he just had low T, man. Come on, because <laughs> he had one ball. Lance simply juicing whatever. But then like bringing other people down with you is the thing that kind of is hard. A couple that I thought of whenever we we just mentioned like OJ, Sean Taylor, Aaron Hernandez. How about the Monica Sellis being stabbed at Wimbledon? Like, oh, that yeah. incredibly stunning. She's playing in a match at Wimbledon, and she got stabbed during the match. That is super stunning. Did and then she the play Tan- through it? Yeah, Tanya uh, Harding. I think she was done. And then uh, the Tanya Harding-Nancy Kerrigan thing was super stunning as well. Like, those are, inc- those are incredibly stunning she, stories. So, Sellers got stabbed in the match? During the match. Did the fan just run was, out there? She, so, she was sitting, like, like in between, like, matches or whatever, like, in between games Jesus. of the match. She was sitting, like, in her bench, like, her chair area. And she was sitting there, and a fan like came in and stabbed her in the back. Holy Christ! Yeah, incre- like, that's one of the most stunning things that can happen. Could you imagine if that happened now? Like no. you just in a basketball game, who's sitting courtside just runs onto the court with a knife and stabs somebody. Like that was the equivalent. A couple of people are bringing up uh, 
deaths in the middle of games. Uh, was it Reggie Lewis on the Celtics Rich, who passed away? Was in the that during of the game? a game? Or was I, that after I think he was it was. Drafted? No, no, no. Because Len Bias was after he was drafted. Uh, for I think it was Reggie Lewis in the middle of the game. Obviously, um, I mean the Demar Hamlin thing with the game stopping the way that it did. It was like the world was on its axis. I, I do think it's interesting that, uh, just a side note, that the yeah. Patriots-Packers game uh, was suspended when Isaiah Bolden got hurt. And I do wonder if this is going to be a regular thing going forward with the NFL because it seems like Bolden was actually okay after the fact. And it was a preseason game, so it doesn't matter. You know, it's, But it was interesting that that happened. This sounds very callous to talk about. They canceled the games during COVID. It's very callous to talk about it, but like the Hamlin cancellation – was a like multi-million dollar swing when it comes to like daily fantasy sports and like best ball contests. Like it's something that you have to consider. Uh, Hank Gathers dropping dead on the court. Somebody said Crispin Wall, which if you're not a wrestling fan, maybe you're not too, like up to that. But you know, yeah, you have a dude that's like at the peak of his wrestling career, and he had the murder suicide and killed his kid. Like that's awful. But yeah, mm-hmm. super surprising. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP and HRMP listener line. Uh, we saw JP France for the first time yesterday get hit and got hit hard, uh, Paul. And uh, look, maybe this is size of, con- uh, of concern. Maybe you can talk he me was out of it. Bound to happen sooner sure. or later, man. I-, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's been a great story. You hope it's a one-time thing, but that was going to happen, and it's better it happened now than later. The the thing that like if you're looking at it from a big picture approach, though. And maybe, like, if you're talking about World Series aspirations, a team that's trying to win its division, that sort of thing, you're looking at a starting rotation with probably the exception of Justin Verlander. Every single one of these guys in the rotation has given you cause for concern. Robert Valdez has been poor since the All-Star game. Christian Javier has been poor. Hunter Brown has not been, like, pitching to his potential. He got hit really good the last time that he pitched. Mm-hmm. J.P. France yesterday. Jose Arquiz has been actually pretty good. Hell, Verlander until Verla- the last yeah. start. Verlander two starts ago is very mediocre. Like, even Verlander wasn't pitching to the Verlander from last year. Even the Verlander you thought you got from the Mets. So, like, every single, if you want to throw Verlander to the mix, you can. Every single member of the Houston Astros starting rotation has given you major cause of concern as you get ready for the final 33 games of the year. Yeah, there's no denying that. And, I mean, this was their backbone last year. It was. I mean, that's why they won as many games in the regular season. It's why they were able to get through the postseason with almost a perfect record throughout the whole damn thing. You know, it's because it's it starts off with that and the bullpen picks up from there. And I, I think that's the one thing you got in your back pocket if you are an Astros fan who's on the ledge, which there are far too many of right now, is that you know the starting pitching is capable of doing better. And barring some sort of injury that I feel like Javier's got to be dealing with. Uh, you think he's dealing with an injury? It's got to be. Like, the velocity's down. Uh, and, and, I mean, I think also there's an element of he's perhaps a little bit more predictable given that it seems like his bread and butter is two pitches. And now, and now all of a sudden you're, you're not a reliever that's becoming a starter in the middle of the year. Now you're a starter all season long. Like the strikeout numbers, where they were last year, where if he actually qualified, it would have been top three for that and for uh, walks, hits, per innings pitched. To go to where he is now, like clearly something's up. I think it's more his command, honestly. I don't think mm. that he – like, his velo has been – it's been sporadic, but he'll still touch, like, where he was last year. Now, it's not as often. He did have that 89-mile-per-hour pitch. See, I don't his know last if I start. that. I think that might have been a bad stat cast read. I think really? Might, I think it might have been a change-up. Okay. I think it's more likely that it was a change-up that he kind of overthrew that was at 89 than a fastball touching 89. At least it wasn't I kinda, 41 like Martin Maldonado. Yeah, I don't know slider. if I buy that one, okay. actually. I, I, I don't know if I buy it. I think it might have been a change-up that he overthrew more than – because, I mean, he was living in, you know, 
92, 93, 94 in that game. I think for him it's more command. Like okay. his command's been lousy. Like when you see him give up home runs, he wants to be pitching at the top of the zone. It's middle middle, and then you see him trying to throw strikes at the top of the zone. He's missing three feet high. The command for for him has been awful. Now I do think he's got some mechanical things that he's probably going through. I don't think he's hurt though, because I think if he was hurt, they would just be like, yeah, he's hurt. I guess I'm hoping he's hurt. Yeah, I can understand why. I can understand why. Because I mean, you gave him that big contract, and it's just been bad. And it's one of you know Montero, Abreu, Javier, and uh, I, I guess Brantley, Brantley, and Kendall Graveman. Like the yikes. trade for Graveman. Yeah, yeah, the other four are contracts with the trade for Graveman. Uh, MTV Jess is JP France's wife, and as we mentioned, JP France got uh, got hit around yesterday. I, I made a mistake here. Her Paul. handle is at MTV Jess. Yeah, her handle is at MTV Jess. I, I made a mistake here, and I didn't screen grab her tweet because she has since deleted this tweet. Okay. But after her, her husband's performance, and to, to J.B. France's credit, I watched his postgame. He owned it. I pitched poorly. Uh, I was bad. They were hitting everything. I stuck. Credit to J.P. France answering all the questions of the media, saying, you know, take the responsibility. MTV Jess, his, his wife, is had on Twitter, I don't know if this is an excuse, maybe it's valid, you tell me, and it's since been deleted, so I'm paraphrasing here, but MTV Jess went on to Twitter after J.P. France's lousy start, wife making an excuse for her husband, and said, listen, guys, the baby was up all night, he was exhausted, he was very, very tired. How do we feel about MTV Jess, wife of J.P. France, making excuses for her husband, whether they're true or not, whether it's valid or not? Is it okay for a wife to make this kind of excuse for a professional you know what? future husband? Much like with Christian Javier, I want her to be right. <laughs> I, I, I hope she's right. So, you know what? Until we see the next star, I'm going to say, yeah, it was the baby. And again, this is why you don't have kids. <laughs> don't have kids? This is why you wrap it up. What a PSA you got there, Paul. You're well, the you see that kids. horrible? Like, there's a, there's, a, there's a PSA, I think, for... Jeter uh, didn't do it, for his, I mean, to his credit. He wouldn't get married until after he retired. There is, there is a PSA. I want to say it's like in a, it's for like Australia or something like that. And there's this guy who's out at a like convenience store with this kid. And the kid's just an absolute like rat b- bastard spawn of Satan. And, and and basically the commercial's like for birth control. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something like that. It's like if you don't, if you're not ready for a kid, don't have one. I'm kidding, of course. It's pretty smart marketing, though. If 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 that's if that's the reason, great. I don't know if I would like this if I was J.P. France. I, I, don't, I don't like excuses. Like, I wouldn't poor, want, poor. but she's standing up for him. You, I, you I want understand your, that. You want your wife in your corner. Not publicly. So what if you... <laughs> okay. I, don't want to, I don't want, if I'm lousy, if I had a bad show, I don't want my wife to go to Twitter, well, he was bad because the baby what, was up on, uh, no. no what if, you got to own it. What, if, own you it. Had, what if you had a, a Castellanos situation? You know what if what if what if you went Tom Brenneman and I would never you would never do that I know you you would never do that but like if, if if all of a sudden you had something like that where everyone is coming after you I feel like the excuse is worse than the actual performance honestly like I feel like you have to own it you, you know say, a good I point was, I was poor today I'll be better next time because and, we're, and also we're we're not talking about him getting canceled for something He's and it, yeah game. yeah if you had if you had a bad but uh, you know what I, I I feel like I should be 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 jumping all all over this but you know what. Because um, I, when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, classic, like, MTV person, like, feeling the need to, like, stand up for somebody else who's in the limelight. She probably thought she was having a testimonial on camera. Yeah, she's like probably like, like I could get a little clout out of this, maybe. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't think, I, I think this is a stand-up lady. 
I think this is a, a rock-solid wife, and I hope that she's right. I, I hope that it was the baby. I, I hope she's right, but I don't, I don't it, We need her to be right. Good God, the starting rotation sucks right now. Kugle says just put them up in a hotel before uh, <laughs> before the game. Yeah, only have them pitch on the road. Those are good ideas. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Paul in for blank. We're at the Circa in Las Vegas for the ultimate contest weekend. When we return, five-star in Vegas. Maybe help us out a little bit on these ultimate ah. contests that they have running here in Circa. Skiller Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here, your family. I don't have friends. I got family. Las Vegas, in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino. Here now are the two squeaky clean hosts who never drink or gamble, Paul Gallant and Jeremy Branham. Yep, that is the case. Paul Gallant in for Blankers. We are broadcasting live from Circa Casino in Vegas. And joining us now, Five Star in Vegas. And announced it earlier today, Five Star is going to have a show on the station each and every Friday night. Uh, beginning next Friday. Really excited about this. What can our listeners uh, anticipate? You can anticipate uh, live from Vegas. Everything <laughs> that you want to know about the betting perspective on all of the sports, start with football, you know, that's our, uh, you know, meeting gravy, you know. So we're going to start <laughs> with football. We've got college football coming up week zero uh, right now. But uh, next week we'll get into week one, and then we'll also get into week one of the NFL. Okay, so picking against the spread and all that. What's been for all the – build up to this coming season what's your favorite nfl futures play has there been one thing that everyone else can make a little money off of uh, off of you telling them the way i wish they would have tuned into the podcast because if so they would have caught a great <laughs> number i caught the ravens to make the playoffs at minus 130 okay. when it initially came out now with it's the changed. lamar situation zay flowers uh the news out of camp on how everything's looking offensively uh, with that new OC out of Georgia, Munkin, uh, it's kind of, you know. Too late. Yeah, it's a little too late. I think it's minus 190 now. So, Ooh. yeah, you don't want to pay that type of juice. The key to being a great, uh, you know, sports better or anyone who just invests in sports is paying little juice as possible. I try to make as many bets as I can uh, at minus 110 and above. Five Star okay. in Vegas joining us here in Circa. You can find him on Twitter at Five Star in Vegas. going to be hosting a show every Friday night on ESPN 97.5, a little lifestyle in Vegas. What does the offseason look like for you? Whenever you're getting ready for football, you, you mentioned it's kind of the meat and gravy. You mentioned that, that number you had on Baltimore and caught it at a good number, caught it early. What, what does your prep look like getting ready for the season, looking at those futures and certain numbers that you want to play? Well, I tried to take a, a, a break uh, after the NBA finals. I shut it down completely for about 30 days, and then I start my prep, um, you know, get different publications, do some uh, digging online and things like that to kind of see what kind of moves the teams are making first with their coaching staffs. That's very important to me on my handicap. And then next with the rosters and everything like that, uh, this is a grind, man. And uh, the only way that you can really bet this correctly is by watching everything that you put your money behind. And I'm one of those guys that I spend uh, 14 hours a day watching yeah. sports, you know. Uh, whether it's replay, uh, whether it's watching it live, I have to watch uh, the product that I'm putting my money on. That's got to be really tricky, too, for the first couple of weeks of the NFL season because it's generally like week five, week six, where you actually have a true feel for all teams as opposed to the beginning of the year. you got got good vibes about some, but some of them are going to end up being wrong. Right, because the NFL each year 
it's the same book, but it's a different chapter every time. So you always have these guys that come out of any, out of nowhere, and you're like, all of a sudden, like, oh, these guys are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And then you have these other teams who you expected a lot from who end up sucking, you know. So uh, college football is a lot easier to have a pulse on at the beginning of the season. The reason is why I, I put my handicap based on uh, the traditional foundations of the team. Uh, if a team, like, for instance, Alabama, Georgia, you know, it's – going to restock, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. they're going to restock. So you can count on it. LSU, you, they're going to restock. And uh, you can kind of base that uh, on that. Like, for instance, we got one coming up this week I gave out uh, on the bench, and that was uh, San Diego State. I gave it out on the bench at Moneyline minus 130. Yeah. Now look at it. It's minus three and minus three and a half in some shops. Really? But it's all based on, I'm sure you guys follow, follow college football. Yeah. San Diego State is known for being really good in the trenches, defense, Great electric running backs. They're facing Ohio. Ohio has uh, a lot of pub coming in because they have a great quarterback in Rourke. He's a really, really good player. But he's coming fresh off of ACL, and can they hold up in the trenches? So that's a, a handicap that I base mostly on the tradition of San Diego State. We know that Brady Hoke is an ex-offensive lineman. He's going to have those guys strong in the trenches. And what the book relies on is you looking at the shiny objects, like the quarterback, Curtis Rourke. Oh, they score a million points. Yeah, they scored against, uh, you know, lower competition. Sure. Now they're going to face San Diego State, and they got to see if they can block those guys. Five Star in Vegas joining us. You can find them on Twitter at Five Star in Vegas. What, once you get in the season, like there's real college football tomorrow, or, you know, really opens up a week from tomorrow. But let's say week three, week four, whether it's college, whether it's NFL, what are you looking for early in the week, and then what are you looking for late in the week? I do watch line movement, but you cannot – uh, get too caught up in that because one thing about it is you have to trust your eyes. Uh, if you do like I do and put in the work and you're watching these teams, just because numbers get to swing in and going up and down, I've lost some money before when I got into that. That's one of the things that my wife really got on to me about <laughs> when we moved here is I'm really good at, at games. Like I know sports. I know football. Yeah. I know basketball. I'm a, I'm a guy who just loves the sport, first of all. That's what, what made me a really great better at it because i enjoy watching it i enjoy breaking it down i enjoy breaking down film so i have to trust my research uh just because circa throws this number up and then the public pounds it and it changes doesn't mean they're right so that's one thing that i try not to do is to get off into that uh just a lot of film study man trust just a yourself, lot of film study injury vibes, reports like. we got to know who's in and out you know uh, and also momentum that's a big thing yeah yeah so going off your gut who going into this NFL season or college football season are people most wrong about whether they all think they're way better than they are or no one's giving them enough respect. Okay. In the NFL, definitely the New York Jets, definitely the Jets. Um, I watched every snap uh, last season that Aaron Rodgers had at Green Bay. And a lot of times I was texting uh, guys in my circle, man, they would have won this game if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of people don't see it that way because they're too busy, you know, bathroom breaks they're going to get chips you got twenty dollars on the game you're not really watching it like that whereas in someone who's pounding this game you're watching every play you're watching everything that the ref does everything that the coaches do and Aaron Rodgers is not the same guy he used to be most of all he's missing the mobility and he's going to need it with the Jets because they don't have a strong offensive line it's been bad in camp yeah and I think that they're a little bit uh it's a lot of it's a hype machine. Oh, this so. pumps me well, up. I hate the Jets. Yes, yeah, yeah, see, be a hype I'm one of the suckers. I, I'm believing in the Jets now. I feel a little bit less confident. Good thing I don't. Oh, I haven't played any of the made futures my day or anything five like star. that. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the Jets. Five star in Vegas uh, joining us. What What are your early 
handicapping whenever you're looking at the Texans? Okay, the Texans, we're, we're dealing with a rookie quarterback, okay? We're dealing with a rookie coach. A lot of people think preseason doesn't matter. It yeah. matters a lot because you can see how everything's functioning. Uh, it really troubled me that a couple situations, D'Amico Ryan was not on point with timeouts, and he let C.J. Stroud get delays that delay really games. killed drives. People are like, oh, it's preseason. No, you practice the way that you play. So he should have called timeouts in yeah. those type of situations. The fact that he's not – uh, paying attention to detail troubled me a little bit on that. But I do think that they will have a better season than last year, simply off of morale. Uh, he's b- going to bring a lot of morale to uh, the locker room. Uh, we'll see how the uh, offensive line holds up. They, they're pretty highly ranked, and they just got the, the guy from Arizona as well. I think they're going to lean a lot on the running game, uh, make it easy for C.J. When C.J. gets accustomed to everything, he's going to be lights out, man. I watched him all through college, and I remember – uh, the main thing that stuck out to me about C.J. Stroud was the first couple weeks that he played, he looked a little shook in the pocket. They lost to Oregon in Ohio State. But as soon as he got his feet set and started to, uh, like, really catch up with the speed of the game, he was lights out. And I think it'll be the same in the NFL. It might take a year, but he's a fast learner. And I think he'll be okay when he calms down. And I expect the, more for the Texans. I don't think that they win the division or anything like that at all. Do you mess with the – rookie odds because obviously you know you can watch in the preseason but now it almost feels like the preseason doesn't even matter you can get like a glimpse of what a guy is but it's so yeah. vanilla do you have any thoughts on uh, both for defensive rookie of the year seeing as will anderson of course yeah. the texans drafted early and stroud as you just mentioned yeah um i like the quarterback for the Colts. he's anthony gonna, richardson anthony richardson is going to get a lot of run uh he has a lot of tread on the tire because in florida he didn't play a lot I don't know if he didn't like the coaching staff or what was going on over there, but he jumped out to me on the screen. You can go through, like, my old tweets. Like, uh, when he played Utah, I was like, this is the best player in the country. You know, like, <laughs> like you rarely see a combination of, you know, like uh, Cam Newton. You know, that's a special type of, you know. He had that pump talent. fake spin move against Utah, too. Yeah. That play, I was just like, whoa. And I, I'm a Florida Gator fan. I remember right. watching that. I was like, how, how the hell did he do that? And he's so fast. Like, he's fast and he's strong. He's been looking really good in the preseason, being able to tuck and be decisive. He makes decisive decisions. He has a Shane Steichen. You know, he just did wonders with the Eagles offense. So I think that he's a guy to look at on Rookie of the Year. And, of course, Will, like you said, I think that Will's going to have a good year, man. I, I really do. Yeah, Richardson does things that other people aren't capable of doing. No. It's just about doing those things more often, you know, being a little bit more consistent with that. Are you going to be on in on any games tomorrow? Oh, yes. A handful of college games you're going to be in on? I'll definitely be on two for sure. I'll be all over the over 66. So I'm giving you guys out a treat before it's 70 points because I've said it, and now it's going to be like 70 points tomorrow. So I, I've already hammered it, but uh, it's one of the 66 and a half since what I did What game are you talking show. about? USC. USC. USC, they're going to be facing San Jose State. Uh, USC, as you know, they can't tackle. You know, We know they're going to score. Lincoln Riley has a, a way of making everyone get into a shootout with him. He's going to try to score on every possession. And then you have a San Jose State team that's solid, man. Uh, Brent Brennan is a really solid coach over there. They have Siobhan Cordero coming back, who's a great two-way quarterback. He's the preseason uh, conference uh, first-team quarterback. A lot of starts on this build at Hawaii before coming to San Jose State. So I, I really like uh, – that game to go over 66. All right. I'm sure our listeners will get it on. They're going to bet it up to 70. Yeah. At what yeah. point will you middle it? Where does it have to be for you to middle a, a number? I don't You middle. don't like to play it. <laughs> I don't you, you trust your gut. You trust, I trust your, my your gut. I do hedge. Yeah. 
I, I set up hedges, but I, a profit. I, yeah, yeah, but no melon on the points. We got a great number. Let's stick with it. Let's ride it out. I mean, USC, uh, they may score 60 by themselves. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I could see them putting up Caleb Williams eight time. touchdowns. Yeah. Five stars, great meeting you. I, I love following you on Twitter. I love that you're going to have a show each and every Friday on ESPN 97.5, and good luck on Over 66 tomorrow. First of, I'm sure, many football bets this year. Hey, I really appreciate it, Jeremy. I follow you as well. Great guy. Thanks, uh, Mr. Gallant. <laughs> You're one of the, 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 the most famous guys in the Houston sports arena, man. So. I don't know you got a little that. swag about you guys. Too I don't see the shirt he has on. It's, it's hot. I need to ask Thank you. Him. Running game clothing. Get, yeah, man. That's a great shirt, man. But I, I, I really appreciate the support I'm getting from 97.5 and from all you guys. It feels like family, man, and I'm going to represent you guys well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to call you a teammate. Five Star in Vegas. Stopping by here inside a circuit. You listen to him each and every Friday at 7, beginning next week on ESPN. 97.5. Coming up next, the Wheel of Bits. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kittles and bits, kittles and bits. I'm going to get me some kittles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It, it's mostly. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. <laughs> Time for Will and Bits. But Poncho wants to know, uh, Paulie, how many buttons are undone on your bamboo shirt? Oh, he always wants to know. Pinch it. He wants to wants to boink me. It's fine. You know, it's 2023. Uh, no, I'm wearing uh, not a bamboo shirt. This is a running game clothing shirt. Uh, doesn't they don't make it anymore? I also found out it's starting to it's starting to it's starting to fray just a little bit, just yeah, a little bit right there. See through. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> you know what? It's even gayer than Pinche's clothing. <laughs> it's a see-through shirt. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's almost like a crop top accidentally. All right, B man. I didn't hear what the the robot said. What are we doing here? Is it bush league or not? Is it Bush League or not? Okay, what we got? What we got? What is Bush League? What is not Bush League? All right, first one comes, and you've probably heard the audio by now, but Ryan Clark uh, had some comments on Tua, (laughs) and uh, it has not gone over well. Tell you what he wasn't doing. He wasn't in the gym. I bet you that. Come on, man. He He wasn't with me. He might have spent a lot lot of time at the tattoo parlor. (laughs) He was not at the dinner table eating what the nutritionist had advised. Oh my. Mm. He looks happy. Mm. He looks okay. He is thick. He thick. Yeah, thick. he's built like a girl work at Onyx in Atlanta right now on the bottom. <laughs> Come on now. Hey. Uh, is it, is it Bush League or not, Paul Gallant? I, I mean, Ryan Clark going in at Tua's body. It, it is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Now, um, Ryan has an element of first take in him. It's it's become a part of his soul. He he's definitely. I'll give him credit. I think he's become a pretty good entertainer. I don't know if yeah. I trust his analysis all the time. Um, look, uh, big booty Tua is Samoan, and not to stereotype, but they can get a little thicker than the uh, average person while still being athletic. And honestly, the amount of times that I've seen Tua get absolutely ragdolled out on the field, with his heads flailing around like a bobblehead. <laughs> And I mean, well, damn, dude. I mean, like he's—he, I don't even know if he should be playing football anymore. So, he thought about retirement. Him bulking up. He thought about retirement. Him bulking up, I think, is actually smart. Um, It doesn't look super yoked, if you will, but that's that's not a bad thing. Like uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger looked like a soup sandwich out there. Um, There are some people that just have untraditional, uh, like. 
the kind of body that you want to have if you're yeah. out at the say the circa pool and, like Kyle and you're Lowry, like me out shirtless point guard you know yeah exactly you're great great point or 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 you know what for all the credit excuse me for all the crap I give James Harden for being out of shape like the guy still delivers on regular season game nights and and then on the other side of things um, I don't know if you remember Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson was a quarterback oh, for yeah. the Jaguars and then the Bills. Yeah, he 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 was fighting uh, with Flutie, wasn't he? Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's that's why the Music City Miracle happened, is because uh, Doug Flutie was benched for that game. Uh, I think it's the curse of Doug Flutie, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Rob Johnson was famous for being obsessed with his shape, and also like it, this is in locker rooms. This is stories I've heard from players who've played with him, and he didn't eat like what he was supposed to and he got hurt all the time uh. he got hurt a lot he would get he, and, he, and apparently he was just like yoked beyond yoked so you don't need to be shredded to be good as an athlete in football remember when Dwayne Brown was in the best shape of his life and then he starts off the 2013 season and he stunk like yeah. he was bad uh, it, it depends on if what what What's what's it costing you? Like, is he right. going to be slow? Because if he's slow, then it's an issue. I don't think he's looked bad, honestly. Like, I don't think he looks incredibly thick, like OG says. Uh, but I think we're looking at it the wrong way. I think it was Bush League from, for what Ryan Clark said. He's comparing the girls working at Onyx to Tua. I feel like he's Bush League to them. I think he's being Bush League to the girls at Onyx. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, that's, you know that's very insulting I, to them. I, I would imagine that most of them are uh, toned. Because, um, you know, some people are into the, the, the Lizzo's of the world and such. But, um, yeah, I would think that for the most part, whether it's Onyx or... Uh, Who slams harder, Onyx Men's or Vince Club, Carter. Treasures, which is right down the street from us in, in Houston. I, I, would, I would imagine, yes, they are, they are... I think it was insulting if I Ryan Clark to them. Damn. I don't think Tua should have been offended by this, though. Respect their truths. I, like, I agree. If you're I a think... professional athlete, you're going to be critiqued with everything that you do I and th- how you look. I think he snapped. He has been... Among quarterbacks, the most criticized while actually last year delivering. Like, statistically, last season the Dolphins' offense was good, and everyone's like, whoa, it was Tyree Kelly, it was Jalen Wall. And you know what? I actually feel that way. He just snapped. You can't ever let people know that you're getting under their skin. Yeah, that's you true. Can't. You can't. You know, as soon as you effing do it, you know what's going to happen next. All right, gonna fall, your, your play's probably going to fall off if you start thinking about what people are saying about you. What's the next one we got here, BMAC? All right, the Godfather of Sports Radio, Mike Francesca, was on with. Uh, that was Granado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the the other one then. Sorry, my bad. Uh, he was on with Barstool Radio and was asked his opinion about the uh, Elon Musk uh, Mark Zuckerberg fight that may happen, <laughs> may not happen, and he uh, gave his thoughts on that fight and it may be happening in the Coliseum. If they're doing it for charity, I'm okay with it. These celebrity guys who do this stuff. And people flock to it, and these guys put the money in their pocket, I think is a complete joke. I don't know why people would even bother. Um, I'm not even sure I would watch it, but I don't have a problem with them doing it. It just shows you they have too much time on their hands. Mm-hmm. It really does. Because it's stupid, let's be honest. It's patently. Musk should have more important things, okay? Let him figure out how to make his car safer. Let him figure out how to make it drive without anybody in it. Stop worrying about fighting in the Coliseum. Okay? Fair, uh, so Bush League or not, <laughs> should uh, Elon Musk be focusing more on the Tesla than fighting Mark Zuckerberg? 
Well, he's never going to do it, I think. And I, I think Zuckerberg's been calling him out as like a, a wuss, essentially saying he keeps on making excuses. I never thought I would ever agree with Mike Frances on anything. Never did. I have no respect for him. I think the fact that he was like the bastion of sports talk radio in New York is an indictment on the sports fans of New York. I think Ooh. it reflects on them as Neanderthal barbarians um, that they thought he knew what he was talking about. But it's fine. But he's right there. Uh, I mean, you're not allowed to have a hobby if you work for Facebook or you work for X or Twitter or whatever we're calling right, it about. Right, but, but, but he's right in that, one, these two do have too much time on their hands where they're going to hold a fight in the Coliseum. And also, he's right in that you'd want to watch this. I want to watch it. I'd watch it, and I've talked about the, the fight on the air a lot, but it's more like a hate watch because I hate them both. Like, I, I think there's too many kiss-asses for Elon online. <laughs> like, okay, he's a genius. He's also an Internet troll, and he's constantly wants to be in the center of attention. And Mark Zuckerberg is a, is a robot who would love to, like, if he could, like, sneak into your house and steal your skin. So I, I think, like, I think with both of these guys, the idea that they're thinking about having a fight is a reflection of the time that they have and how bored they are with their lives. I think I just like people fighting. I think I like watching fights. I think to we be should have, I think we should have more celebrity fights though. They're I, kind of fun. They I mean, I'll be honest like I'm just not I'm not that big of the fighting. Um but I I think I'm more likely to watch a celebrity fight than I am to watch two guys that I don't really know that much about. And I know the hardcore fighting crowds probably listening right now. You're a pussy, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that, but like I, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just not into it. I like watching guys fight, and this one's actually had some buildup. Like you've, it had, has. you've had them talking trash on both sides. They're both the you know the the head of their own social network company or whatever. Yeah. Like I I, I want to see them fight. I don't care where they're fighting. I don't really care about their free time or whatever. Especially if it's going to charity, I think it'd be fine. I don't think it's a bush league at all. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Astros in Detroit for the first of three. What do you need to see from Frommer? What do you need to see from the Astros in this three-game series? And then we'll give Paul a little bit of garbage time as well. Paul in for Blankers, Killer Bees, live from Circa in Vegas on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You know that stupid, overused phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, this proves that it doesn't stay there because you're listening to what's happening. Good point. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino, here are the Killer Bees Nuts, Jeremy Branham and Paul Gazan. Spencer loves hearing the the sound of his own voice. Spencer loves that joke. Spencer does have a great voice. Better voice in football career. That's a a good voice. It's a a testament to his voice, not a testament to his poor career. You've killed that joke. Just as much as Spencer's killed the D's nuts joke. You're right, I have. <laughs> you, it's like you guys are dueling banjos on like uh, tried tropes. <laughs> Astros are in Detroit. They've lost two in a row after you so profoundly said they won two in a row after the players only meeting. Only last two games. Three game series. They're, they're already underway. Fromber's on the mound tonight. Oh. Hunter Brown tomorrow. Justin Verlander on Sunday. I'm, not, I'm never a get-a-sweep kind of guy. Like, it, it's baseball. You're going to lose. It's a road series. I'm never get-a-sweep kind of guy. I never will say they need to sweep a series. Astros have to win two or three, though. Like, you're a game back in the West. You're This is one of the poorest teams you're going to play the rest of the way. Boston still has a pulse. You're playing them right after again. you got to take two or three. You have to take two or three. Yeah, I would prefer them to sweep. And um, I hope that they do. I hope. Uh, 
I hope that they go uh, RoboCop on the villainy of uh, Detroit. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind that. Now, Fromber has to kind of figure it out. Fromber has not been very good, especially no, the last not. time that he pitched. So right. it'd be nice if Fromber could figure it out over the final 33 games of the season, a little more than a month <sighs> left in the it, year. It's such a shame that we're saying, wouldn't it be nice if Fromber pitched? Wouldn't it be nice? Like he's supposed to. Javier, too, and Brown as well. I mean, this guy, guys. he was such a model of consistency last year, and I, I've said this a couple of times on my own show. I, I think it's more alarming that he's had these little temper tantrums by throwing at the batter right after he gave up home runs. And you cannot tell me that he did not do both of those intentionally. I think he did both of those. One, one, if there's one of those, I'm okay, you. you got plausible deniability if you're his lawyer. But And even if Jose Caballero or Caballero or whatever the F his name is, is a, is a little annoying, just a little gnat. Super, he definitely is that, yeah. Yeah, like it, it deserves it. Like the kind of guy you would throw at if you were playing a video game. I used to always throw at uh, A-Rod in MVP Baseball 2005, which is the greatest baseball game of all like time. because you didn't like A-Rod? Yeah, instead of intentionally walking him, I'd just, I'd just throw at him. <laughs> It'd save you three other pitches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was before the intentional walk rule. Exactly, and I just thought, like, you know, I just want to show him a little attitude. But, uh, you know, but, but, but Frank. Amber, those two moments for me are, I think, a little bit more of a problem because we've known that this is a guy that has has issues in his own head on the mound from time to time. He, you know he what gets I really rattled. He, he's erratic. You know what I really don't like about those two is like I, I I'm not opposed to sending a message in baseball. I know it was yesterday you called it assault. Like I, I'm not a like I, <laughs> assault I'm, brother. <laughs> I'm a little bit of an old school kind of guy. Like I think that there is a place in the game to throw it, guys. I think there's a place in the game. It's to, fun. to dot somebody in the back yeah. when it's deserved. When it whenever somebody deserves it now. What I don't like about the two that Fromber did was he was kind of crying and getting beat up. Like, whenever you're throwing at guys, when you're getting hit and you're losing, I think it's chicken bleep, to be honest with you. It's like he wanted to leave both games. I feel exactly. Yeah. Especially the Texas one. You know, I, I hated least... agreeing with the Texas Rangers broadcast because they are the whiniest <laughs> broadcast I think I've ever heard. Did you, ever, did you know Raymond when he was here? I didn't know he was here. Yeah, Dave Raymond was with uh, Brett Dolan. They they were the Astros radio oh, guys with Milo, man. and then when Crane bought the team, he he moved on. I love Brett, uh, but uh, Dave and uh, what's his face, Nitkowski. Yeah, CJ Nitkowski. Shut up! Just uh, like if you're gonna be homers, at least be fun, crazy homers. <laughs> you know, like be uh, over the top, crazy with it, as opposed to being like, low energy homers. That's what I don't like about them. Yeah, they are, they're over-the-top homers. I know some people liked them whenever they were here. But, but they were right. They were right about calling Framber as maybe wanting to get out of the game. He definitely felt like he did. Yeah. He, he, he definitely felt like he was trying to get out of that game. Uh, time for garbage time. Yeah. Paul Gallant's got some things to get off his mind before the end of the week. One thing that I noticed, Paul, yes. some of the, the, the things that you put here that you wanted to, to, to talk about. Want to go to the why, intro? Why are you telling... Yeah, let's play the intro. Or just Paul, Paul, you leave us. Garbage. And then I start eating garbage. garbage. If there's one guy up here who knows garbage. about total garbage, garbage. it's this guy. Why is it's that? garbage time with Paul Gallant. Let's go. What do you know about garbage more than, say, Lance? Because I'm from Boston and my mom's from Philly. So I'm like just a, a hybrid you're a terrible lab no i'm just a lab creation of obnoxious northeastern I mean, people my, my dad's white my mom's mexican so yeah is it worse than that yeah i'm i'm part philadelphian and part bostonian like i'm yeah it, you're right and i host worse. a sports talk show yeah, texas and mexico that's great i'm tex-mex that's fantastic Tex-Mex, nice yeah he's tax she's max <laughs> remember those commercials <laughs> no i don't 
Uh, what were you going to ask <laughs> but, me but about? I'm glad that you do. What were, what were why you are gonna... you? Uh, why do you want Deshaun Watson to shut up? Did you see what, what he, he said? I, I, there's a lot of stuff that he's saying. He okay. says that I don't like criticism. The media is lying. I don't get into criticism, but here's the things that I don't like with your criticism. You know, I am a great person. I'm going to show them a great person. And then he had the Mahomes one that he said recently. Which one? I mean, yeah, you have, you, ha- you have your pick of the litter here. The, the, the most recent one saying that this is one of the best quarterback draft classes ever. Mahomes, Watson, and Mitchell Trubisky, who was taken before the both of them. He's not He's not adding Trubisky in this, is he? He's not, but he said it's one of the best quarterback draft classes ever. And here's the other thing, too. I mean, I, I remember I was not here during um, the uh, 2019 or 2020 seasons for the Texans. And everyone in 2020 was like, well, you know, Watson's clearly one of the best five quarterbacks in the yeah. league statistically. And then someone asked a great question um, a couple of weeks ago, of some podcast I was listening to, and they're like, "When has a top five quarterback been leading a four and twelve football team like Watson was?" I think Watson is far too confident in his own ability. He stunk when he came back to the field last year. He hasn't played a full season in over two seasons, and he is working with Kevin Stefanski who I don't think is a very good head coach. So I would say, Watson, maybe don't say anything until this year is done when you're talking about gr- greatest quarterback classes ever. And that's also just wrong. I mean, shoot, what was the draft class that had? Um, uh, 80, was it 83 that had Marino? Elway, Montana. Montana. Cur- uh, or not Montana, Marino. I was thinking Marino. Mar- yeah, Marino, Elway. I think, there was I think a Jim third Kelly one. was in that one. Like, I'm Great, sorry. Jim Kelly, greatest Houston professional quarterback of all time. That's Case Keenum, man. You're just, you're just doing your coup no, wrong here. Case Keenum's the greatest collegiate quarterback of all time statistically, and it's not just in the city. It's of all time, the universe, yeah, the greatest statistical greatest, The greatest quarterback, quarterback ever. ever. It seems like Deshaun's trying to make fetch happen here. Like, if you're trying to put yourself into the same category as Pat Mahomes, give yeah. me a break, man. Pat Mahomes might potentially be the greatest quarterback of all time when it's said and done. In fact, I think he's the greatest quarterback talent of all time already. I, he's more talented I than Tom Brady. I can't now, disagree. Now, he needs more championships and MVPs to have a better resume than Brady. Brady has the re- the best resume. Mahomes still has work to do to have the best resume. Deshaun Watson's nowhere close. Like, Deshaun Watson it doesn't, it does not belong in the same conversation as Mahomes. Especially right now. Especially right now. Like I'm not sure it could happen again. Did. It maybe could happen again. I, no, I'm with you. you. You know what, Jeremy? Um, one of the many things I've been right on that people got mad at me in the moment. Yeah. People were mad at me where I said, like, it's okay to admit that Mahomes is better than Watson. And everybody was mad at you. I, I remember, this is remember in the, 17 or 18. I remember saying, he's like, look, like, like, Watson's good. Mahomes is clearly better. Remember when everybody was saying that if uh, if uh, Watson was an Andy Reid system, then he would just be just like Mahomes? They were Dog. saying it was the system more than it was the talent, which Ma- Watson's never been in that class. Watson's never been in the Mahomes class. Watson's like the closest guys to the Mahomes class right now are Josh Allen. It's maybe Joe Burrow because Burrow has some heads-up wins against Pat Mahomes. It's maybe I mean, that's it, right? I, I like hear, Burrow, Allen are the only guys that are even remotely close. You know what the right biggest now? the biggest difference, Jeremy, between the two, where one is bad and one is good, and I'm not talking about off the field. I'm talking about with Watson. Watson's one of the worst in the league at taking sacks. Oh, yeah. And Mahomes is one of the most difficult people to sack in the league. Yeah, see, that's that was always a criticism that I had with Watson, too, and why he was never in the Mahomes conversation, even back then, when mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying that, was that Watson has incredibly negative plays. He does. And it, it doesn't always mean interceptions. It doesn't always mean turnovers. But if you're taking a sack on a first and 10, you're looking at second and 17, and your team's going to be off the field like that. And that game against the Colts in 2018 in the playoffs, mm-hmm. he sucked. He was terrible. He couldn't pick up blitzes, like obvious blitzes. And he never. 
never saw any of them coming. So, and that was the last time. I mean, well, shoot, I, got, I forgot. Twenty nineteen with the twenty four seven lead was the last time that he was playing in a relevant football yeah. game. It's been a while. Whenever he beat the Bills at home in the playoffs, remember he got credit for that game-winning drive or whatever? Played like he was lousy that. in that yeah. game up until that drive. And, I mean, shoot, what, what's the, who was that running back that had the catch and run that set them up for the uh, – Was it Lamar Miller? Uh, no, number 34, I, I, I think. Duke Johnson? Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, that running back was the reason that they got the first down on that play, wasn't it? Carlos Hyde? Might have been. They had some pretty terrible running backs. Lamar Miller was pretty good. How dare you say Hyde that? Hyde had a 1,000-yard year, but he was – Oh, you wasn't very good. Establish right. the run. That does it for us. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to BMAC for doing all the hard work. I enjoyed it, Paul Gallant. It was fun, man. Uh, I'm Branham. We'll talk to you next week, Houston. Late Hits with Patrick Creighton is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Peace. Because, again, your boy horny, and he ain't watching that.